This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or Aragon books page-by-page and chapter-by-chapter. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Shelby or Sheacup. And before we get started, just want to remind you to please leave us ratings and reviews on Apple or Spotify. Uh, If you leave us five stars and some kind words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And so with that, we're here to talk about the battle under Farthendor. And this is our penultimate or second to last chapter. We are almost done with the Book of Aragon. And so this chapter, Aragon wakes up to find that the Urgles are there. They're invading. Uh, The warriors quickly pour out the pitch and Aragon kind of is sickened by the sight of battle. He hasn't really seen this much carnage before. Uh, and there's so many Urgles. Aragon watches as archers fire, men die, all this stuff. They reappear, and it seems like they can never really break through the Urgle line. And Aragon fights with magic. He fights with his sword. He kills dozens of Urgles working with Saphira from above. And so Aragon notes the lack of communication between the Urgles. And tells the twins his thoughts. They send him to fight with Hrothgar where the battle is going poorly. Kind of swooping down and helping the dwarves. An Urgle manages to hit Aragon in the back of the head. And is about to kill him when Angela kills it with a double-sided sword of her own. And Solemnbaum in the fight as well. The twins then contact Aragon and tell him to collapse another tunnel. As the Urgles continue to dig through them to reach Tronjean. They start to leave as an Urgle thumps Saphira in the chest with an axe. Uh, Arya kills the Urgle and Saphira is severely hurt. She continues to fight through even after Aragon asks how she's doing and is concerned about her. So Aragon goes to try to collapse the tunnels and the Urgles are already breaking through the tunnels. And he is unsure of what to do as Dun Dun Dun, the big bad, approaches Aragon the shade Durza is back. Uh, he is dressed for battle with his sword. Uh, and Aragon engages in the fight. Durza tries to undermine Aragon and threaten him. Saphira has flown back to the Dragon Keep to try to get the armor off. And she's un- too far away to help. Durza and Aragon f- attack both physically and mentally at the same time. Uh he Aragorn is no match for the Shade's mind, and he keeps pushing back. And the Shade continues to attack, and he starts seeing a lot about the Shade's memory from 
Durza and he's starting to learn about who the Durza, who Durza was before him, this young child named Kersib, and he's fighting back, he's trying to do this, and a moment later, Arya and Saphira descend through the um, Isidar Mithram, shattering it, distracting Durza long enough for utter for Aragorn to use magic and stab Durza with a flaming sword. Uh, he manages to kill the shade and collapses once again, following falling unconscious. Yeah, um, kind of crazy. So the first thing that I really want to talk about is a little bit of symbolism at the beginning of this chapter. And so as the battle begins, the Urgles are emerging from the tunnel and they're being caught in this trap that they've laid. And it's like a dishonorable fight, but it's necessary. And Aragon's disgusted by it. So he pulls out and he's far away. So he pulls out his bow. And I just find that it's really interesting that at the beginning of this fight, at the end of this book, he is going back to the weapon that he started with. Yeah, um, it is interesting. And it's just that I think it shows a lot of Aragon, like not really kind of embracing like he he gets nervous and he sees the carnage and it undermines him and he's like well i'm just gonna fall back on what i know best which is the bow Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that it is a symbol that that boy from carvajal is still with aragon even though he's gone through all of these changes even though he's becoming a great leader and symbol for the varden um he is still that kid that grew up in the mountain town. Yeah, I definitely think that. Um, I think it was interesting choice of Polini to like, he again wants to show us like the effect that like carnage and warfare has on the psyche in like Aragon's first reaction to it. Because you would think after Yazuak after Derrett, after all the things that he does, all the things that he's experienced, that he would be kind of desensitized to it. But when it's at a mass scale like that, he still kind of has this reaction. I think it is a way of Polini showing us a little bit like, oh, Aragon is still human. Like he still feels things. He still has emotions. He still not is not comfortable with carnage and battle. Right. And he even reflects on this like himself in the chapter because he basically says, like, I've fought Urgles before. I've killed Urgles before. I've fought other people. I've seen bloodshed, but I've never been in a battle. I've never mm-hmm. fought for hours on end. Um, and I think that's the big difference here. And so, like, I think we can kind of get into the big details because the chapter is long, but it's mainly battle descriptions. And so did anything just like really stand out to you about the battle itself or anything? And then we can get into, I assume most of your notes are on the shades memories. Actually, no, not at all. Uh, Most of my notes are about the battle, which is fascinating to me because I am like not a battle person. Like I love history. I minored in history in college And battles were always my least favorite thing. So it's fascinating to me that that's how my notes ended up. But anyway, so it was interesting to me that um, 
basically the Varden army is split into three different armies, um, which was interesting. But Safira also joins the fight and promptly, they promptly get separated uh, because Aragon loses Zarok, his sword. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> why? But it's okay. It's okay uh, because Murtag swoops in and kind of saves the day and um, they all get reunited, but Safira is basically holding her own, but getting ready to like not be okay against a group of like 15 Urgles. And so they injure her, they like hit her in the chest and, and mess up her armor and Aragon is enraged by it. And so that I thought was very interesting because it shows, I mean, we already knew their bond was deep. We already knew that like they have this connection obviously but this is a great way to illustrate how deep the connection really is because like she's okay she hasn't been injured that badly they're like in a fight you're in a battle you know injuries are gonna happen like there's not blood pouring out of her or anything like that and he's at this level because of that they always say like a dragon for a rider to lose their dragon or vice versa is to like lose a part of yourself and i think we see that in here and that there is like this almost instinctual element of Aragon to not only protect Safira but like to enact vengeance on those who try to harm her yeah absolutely so another thing that really stuck out to me is Aragon's thoughts about the king um and he's like struggling on the battlefield the twins and aragon like they literally communicate once even though they're supposed to have been communicating this whole battle and they basically are like hey hrothgar needs help and so aragon goes and is just kind of in awe of his battle skills and he basically says something like even though he's old as heck he's quote undiminished on the battlefield and like there's not an urgle that goes up against him that wins um, and so I thought that was really significant. Um, and then we have Angela swooping in to save the day with uh, saving Aragon from an Urgul that's about to get him. And then, of course, Solombum appears in the form of a child, a human boy, snarling. Uh, it basically says he looks feral and he has a dagger, which, I mean, he is feral. He's a cat. Yeah, um, 100%. And it's interesting to me about you bring up Hrothgar and how he kind of like fights against all of this and is unmatched on the battle. I just imagine you remember in like the Hobbit and the Hobbit movie, at least when the dwarfs go and fight the orcs and there's so much of like, they're going around and they're like cutting at their knees and legs and everything. I just imagine that is like Hrothgar, just like every time an Urgle comes up, he just like cuts off their leg and then like their head or their chest or something like that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I do remember the Hobbit movies. <laughs> you still have not seen the end of Battle of Five Armies because you can't get no, through No, I've it. seen the end. No, I've seen the end. I just fall asleep in the middle. <laughs> so you haven't seen the middle. Yeah, it sucks. Anyway, let's move on. Um, the last thing I have to say about the battle, though, that was really interesting to me, and I'm just kind of like, Aragon, you're destined for so much more. But he 
basically looks around at all of the Varden leaders and he's like, they're all struggling. There's no way we're going to do this. I could kill most of these Urgles now with magic, but it would be suicide. And he like actually seriously considers doing that. Again, it's that two, it's that one step forward, two step back because he, he was so like insightful and tactical when he was dealing with the twins and their tests and everything like that. And here he is, like, I could just imagine him saying that and Braum just, like, thumping him on the back of the head and be like, no, you idiot, that's stupid. Yeah, because, like, you would have wasted all of your, all of your training for one battle. Like, no, you're destined for more. Um, So, goodbye. (laughs) But we know that he's destined for more because, like, right after this, um... They fly away and Aragon slides down the tunnel and all that kind of stuff happens with Safira and Arya. She's fine. And Aragon realizes that the Urgles are like breaking through um, into the city and Durza appears. Um, And this is kind of like, I don't think this is what he's destined for, but I think this is part of his destiny. I think this is part of his fate. Um. And, and that's to fight Durza and to kill Durza. And so it was so interesting to me that like Aragon number one is able to hold his own against Durza for a minute, at least until he's distracted and Durza enters his mind, of course, but Aragon is able to do the same thing to him. So we see two instances where Durza overpowers Aragon and Aragon immediately is able to kind of turn it back around on Durza. Like they are, holding their own against each other. Not that they're necessarily at the same power level because Durza has spirits inside of him and, you know, years of, of battle training and everything on Aragon, but it shows you that Aragon is powerful because he can hold his own against the shade at this point in time, not in the past. <laughs> right. And it's, it's a statement of Aragon's own endurance and just, tenacity i think i will say about this because that's really kind of what it is is his ability to fight this off with staying true to thoughts and putting up walls and pushing against durza but to do that also while trying to think about and fending off yourself from physical attacks as well like Mm -hmm. um but you know you said that you were sure i had a lot of thoughts about durza's memories and i really don't I completely expected him to have this like troubled childhood and cruelty and like, you know, all the things that make a character with an interesting story. Um, So I didn't really think much of that. Right. And it's just the classic thing of like, he suffered tragedy and tried to enact vengeance and he went too far. And that's what creates Durza. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I guess we need to talk about the end of this chapter where in a way, in a way, both um, my prediction from the last chapter that either Arya or Aragon would kill Durza in a way that that's true, um, that both of them killed him because if Arya had not shattered the star sapphire thing, Aragon would not have had that opening to stab Durza through the heart um so in a way they both contribute um I think to the death of Durza 
Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's a good, very good point. And it is now that Aragon is now the third person in all of known history to kill a shade. Right. Which is just, and you know, it'll be interesting to how that to read. And I'll be curious on your thoughts on how that develops later in the other books of that achievement and how people look at him and that changes. Um, But before we go into our predictions or my predictions, I have one last thought and Safira for the first time breathed fire in this chapter. Yes. It was a big moment. It was good for her, but I just have one prediction for this one. And that's that like, I, I feel there is something else with the twins that's going on. Um, the fact that they like weren't where they were supposed to be was super suspicious to me. And I feel like they may not be completely loyal to the Varden or to the people they say they're loyal to. And so I just feel like at some point in a future book, they are going to be antagonists. Yeah. Um, We'll just have to wait and find out. Do you have any other predictions or other thoughts you want to talk about? Nope, just those. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.